We are going to break down Michigan State football, but not just with any normal guests. No, no, this is the publisher of one of the greatest preview magazines in college football, Brett Ciancia of Pick 6 Previews. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to today's show of Locked on Spartans. Your team in green and white five days a week. And yes, just like we said right off the top here, we're going to do a preview because, hey, football is coming sooner than we all know it. But we're not going to do it with just, you know, some guest that knows a little bit about college football. No, 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 no. We got Brett Ciancia of Pick 6 Previews. Any college football nerd like myself knows that this man is college football royalty. Brett, thank you so much for your time, man. How on earth are you doing this summer? Hey, man. Well, thanks for having me on. Thanks for that praise right there. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's been a hectic summer, um, but uh, it's uh, it's release week here at Pick 6 Previews. So the magazine, the hard copy is being shipped across the country. Um, it's a one-man show. So I'm in here. I'm doing all 69 teams, all Power 5 teams, um, You know, talking to head coaches, talking to coordinators, watching spring games, running my numbers, but then putting it back into a readable form. So I'll tell you what, though, this is the 12th season I've been doing it. This is the most, uh, you know, the most up and down offseason ever. And just this week, we see more realignment happening. So it's been a crazy season. I'm excited to to talk 2023 football, though. If we have time, I would just love to ask you at the end of this, just like how early you start your process. But we'll see because we got a lot of Michigan stuff, Michigan State stuff to get to here. Now, hey, you know, like we said, the good news is we have one of the best, if not the best, preview magazine publishers out there. Okay, that, That's great for us, the listeners. We get a lot of great guests. This is a really cool one. The bad news is, though, of the 69 Power 5 teams, Brett, you're incredibly accurate with your predictions. And unfortunately, Michigan State, you have ranked as number 49th overall. Do you have any, like, sunshine and rainbows to bring us off the top here before we go any further? Or should we just get into the grime of... The, the task at hand for our Spartans here. <laughs> well, for sure. I mean, here's the optimist spin right away is that, well, Michigan State under Mel Tucker, they were famous for their 2021 transfer hall. A couple seasons back, it was incredible. The roster turnover that he did there, and then they went and they won 11 games. But one quote that stood out to me, I do all kinds of, like I said, research, talking to people. Uh, he said that this is the most I- intriguing and most exciting transfer class he's had yet. And that's high praise okay. when you're comparing that to 2021. So, uh, if he's anywhere near uh, correct in that assessment, then this is, uh, you know, they're in for a bowl season. They're in to prove me wrong. So there's your optimist spin. If these transfers click, um, then uh, they're going to be well ahead of 49th. But, uh, yeah, that's coming off of a number 52 finish last year. So uh, slightly, slightly notch up from last year is where I have them. That's the thing. It's like, hey, we're coming off a 5-7 and seven season. You know, uh, a lot of optimism around East Lansing. That, that air is in the, the off season, the fall camp crisp air right now is hitting us good but i can't like complain too much i guess so like when it comes to last season was there a theme or maybe it's a set of stats for michigan state that really stuck out to you as not just concerning for last year but something that you might be worried about could carry into this year for the spartans yeah well i think statistically the two black eyes right away were uh, rushing offense and then pass defense uh specifically that pass defense number second worst in power five uh, and my opponent adjusted numbers really struggled there. And they lose some longtime starters, too, from that secondary. Uh, that's, a, that's a spot. Um, but here's more of a, a deeper dive is the play action pass game because it's kind of derivative from the run game. You know, to set up a play action, yep. 
you've got to have a dominant run game. They had that with Kenneth Walker, obviously, the Doak Walker winner. You lose him. You, you off, the offensive line was thin in last spring and was thin last fall. You lose a run game. Now you can't hit on those home run balls. So I think the number was they dropped from 12 touchdowns to four in the play-action game. So uh, you saw that. It really crippled the offense. A lot less explosive than they were two years ago. Um, and that just uh, it just compounded more problems for them. And you know, with that said, with also the transfer portal stuff, is the guy that you were looking forward to the most with Michigan State as far as transfers go, is it just Nathan Carter? Is it the running back out of UConn? Or is it someone on the other side of the ball, perhaps? Like, which transfer at Michigan State are you looking forward to seeing the most? Yeah, I'll throw Carter in there. But uh, I think the okay. defensive line um, is, is intriguing, where you have a couple. I know that Chris Bogle was there last year. He's a former yep. top 100 guy, but back from injury. But uh, the A&M transfer uh, along the defensive line, former five-star uh, by Job, another former five-star. So, you know, there's some, at least recruiting-wise, some blue-chip talent coming into that defensive line. Um, and I know that I, I was catching some flack on Twitter this week. I was releasing the Big Ten unit rankings, um, and yep. I had Michigan State's D-line a little bit lower than you'd expect. Um, part of that's the unknowns there. But if that thing clicks, they could move from my ninth place all the way into that top five. So it's, it's a real – tight margin there. And if there's any optimist spin there, I do have the linebackers top five in the conference. So uh, that's all that. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that's moving. Um, <laughs> you know, that's moving Windman over there. You got Cal Halliday an all conference yep. guy. So, and the way that these defenses are set up where you have these edge guys who are hybrids, I almost want to throw out my D line versus linebacker and just call it a front seven and just rank the front sure. sevens. You know, you average those Michigan state's a pretty solid unit. Hope so. Yeah, that'd be delightful, especially if we could stay healthy uh, this season. That would just be a, a world of difference from last year. But, hey, you mentioned top five, and that made me think, hey, Michigan State also made top five, well, for Big Ten East teams. Right now you have them predicted to be the fifth team in the Big Ten East. You have ranked number one Michigan, then Ohio State, then Penn State, then Maryland number four, MSU five, Indiana six, Rutgers seven. My question is, how many tiers do you think there are in the Big Ten East? Is it three tiers with like Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland, MSU in the second tier, and then Indiana, Rutgers in a third tier? Or are those four teams, Maryland, MSU, Indiana, Rutgers, just in a second tier? Like, how do you differentiate these seven teams here? Yeah, Matt, you pretty much nailed it. I mean, you nailed my, my thought okay. process this year. Um, it's tough. tough uh, it's tough for Michigan State battling with three top ten teams in the division. I think it's the toughest top-heavy yeah. division in the country. Um, I could argue Penn State for the playoff. I could argue Ohio State yeah. and Michigan. They're all playoff caliber. It's just they all reside in the same division, so they're going to take some losses. But, um, you know, I, I started this back in 2012. The, the front half of that was mostly Michigan State in what I called the top four, the big four, the Big Ten East. It was those three plus Michigan State. Uh, last couple of years, it might be looking like more like a big three at the moment. And I know that Michigan yeah. State has all the capacity to get back into that tier. Uh, but for right now, I, I had a, a battle for fourth between Michigan State and Maryland. Um, and as weird as it sounds, I actually went with Maryland there. Uh, I side with their defense. It was a little bit better statistically last year. They bring back more. Um, I like their, their proven quarterback situation compared to the late, late spring uh, transition you saw at Michigan State's quarterback spot. And, um, and they actually sneakily have a pretty good recruiting profile over at Maryland the last five years. So. Uh, it's tight there, but I agree with you. I'd have that big, big top three, you know, playoff caliber top three, then a two middle of the pack, Maryland, Michigan State, and then Indiana Rutgers way at the bottom. So 
Michigan State being in the middle, what's a farther gap? Them in the middle from the top three in the Big Ten or them in the middle with the basement of Rutgers and Indiana? And believe me, I know how ridiculous that question sounds, saying that we just lost to Indiana last year. But if you want to humor me, I mean, what what, what gap is is bigger for Michigan State? Well, it's it's interesting way to frame it. Uh, which gap? I think yeah. what's let's say what's more likely does Michigan what's more likely does Michigan State move up into that yeah. top three tier or do they fall to maybe a, a three and nine or four and eight season? I think it's more mm-hmm. likely this year that they would fall down. Um, okay, you know there are a couple thin position groups away, some injuries that they could be in for another bad year. I don't see any scenario really. I don't mean to come on here and be the pessimist, but. In this division, I don't see any scenario where Michigan State goes 11-1 and this year. I mean, I, I think that's more, more out there. So I, I would side with the lower tier right now. We would need a few scandals to break out uh, across the Big Ten in the next few weeks leading up to kickoff <laughs> that get teams suspended for the whole year uh, and then maybe a little more help on top of that. But, yeah, the schedule's doing no favors for Michigan State. I mean, everywhere I read, it says MSU top five hardest schedule, uh, if not top three hardest schedule. But I assume that you are firmly in that camp as well, that this is one of the toughest schedules that you've seen in in not just the conference, but the whole nation. Well, yeah, it started out right away in the East. Like we said, there's a top three playoff contender. So right away, you're playing three playoff caliber teams. Um, And then the non-conference, you get another one. I think Washington's playoff caliber. I have them ninth overall in my preview uh, right there in the Pac-12 title game. So, That's four top 10 opponents right there at the gate. Uh, Then you have some tough crossovers. I mean, Minnesota uh, in late October will be freezing cold up there. They're they're physical and tough. Uh, Nebraska is a mystery team from the West. And Iowa. I mean, going into Iowa is really tough to do, and they have an elite defense again. And So that's three tough draws. There's no easy games there from the West Division. Uh, And then the East, luckily you get uh, Maryland at home. That's a swing game. You do get home field advantage there, but – Right. Um, yeah, I agree with you. It's one of the hardest in the conference and thus in the uh, in the whole country. And we are going to be right back with Brett here in a hot second. But first, need to talk your ear off about LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. That's my favorite part. All right, guys, just go add your job to your profile. It is so easy that, hey, even your favorite podcast host can do it. After that, add the purple hashtag hiring frame on your profile to spread the word that your company is Hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so that you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Again, that is linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions. You got that right, Buckaroo. They apply. So I want to circle back to your position group rankings here. And this is, you know, one thing that I love reading every single year is how are you going to stack up the position groups around the conference? We're going to start with offense. You know, it's like, a, hey, give me the good news. Give me the bad news. We'll start with the bad news because offense, quarterback in the conference. This is not nationally, everyone. In the conference, you have quarterback ranked at 11th. Running back, you have ranked 10th. The wide receiver tight ends 12th. And then, hey, the offensive line, 7th. Okay, so like right that baseline average right there. Uh, Brett, can you give me a reason to smile about the offense? Uh, because th- those are a lot of high numbers I just gave. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the issues here. But before that, a- any redeeming qualities with this offense, just from your point of view? Yeah, there's plenty of good qualities. I think that uh, the Perfect. shocking 
the shocking story that came out there was um, after spring ball, seeing the two-year starting quarterback transfer out. Um, and I understand there was definitely more of a position battle than you'd expect when you hear two-time yeah. captain, two-time starter. So that might have just been a position, you know, position battle lost, uh, meaning you have someone better coming up. So th- there's an optimist spin there. The one I can't really spin optimistically would be the receiver loss. Losing Keon okay. Coleman, that's really tough, especially packaged with losing J- Jaden Reed. Um, that's two all-conference guys gone. It's, it's funny how, you know, I released the book a lot later than the ones on newsstands. So I already had, um, I had Keon Coleman penciled in on my first team All-Big Ten. And then uh, he picks up and leaves. Now I got him on the All-ACC team. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that was crazy there. Here's your redeeming quality is the offensive line. I think that Michigan State's in yeah. for a big bounce back in the trenches. Um, I talked a little bit, but I remember it was last spring, so 2022 spring. They were so thin at offensive line, they couldn't even go a two deep in spring ball. Uh, you saw that reflected in the fall. They struggled. But I think now you get three starters back, overall better depth and quality and, and better health, and, uh, and, th- and that's going to unlock more of a run game and then the, the play action. So all that's derivative from the offensive line improvement. That was a great lesson all of the state fans learned last year. It's like, hey, you guys have a lot of hurt people in spring ball. It's like, ah, football's in a few months. Who cares? It'll all be okay. And then – Brett, it certainly was the furthest thing from okay uh, last year. We, we, we learned how, how important health is year-round around the calendar. Um, you did mention your all-conference teams, and you named a first team. You named a second team. Now, an offense, well, after those rankings, it goes without saying that no Spartans made your first or second team all-conference preseason team. However, was there anyone, like, close for you? Is there anyone that you had an eye on? You're like, yeah, I could see it. I'm just not ready to do it yet. Well, yeah, it's a shame with Coleman because, like I said, he was already in there. I, I had him locked in. I was really impressed with him last season, but especially uh, in the spring. Um, but, the, yeah, that, that's a big loss there. Um, yeah, I mean, the offensive linemen, that's a position group that's definitely harder to do. Um, I, all my numbers grade them out as a unit uh, and as a team. So looking individually gotcha. is tougher, but you have some headliners there. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple break through uh, in the postseason, um, you know, with – I think you got, what, three, three full-timers back, Duplain, Samick, Spencer Brown, um, even the number one interior lineman, uh, Keyshawn Blackstock. So there, yeah. there's plenty of names in the trenches. Maybe one emerges there. Quarterback, it's tough to break through. I mean, there's so many big names. I can't argue there. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe if Nathan Carter comes in and excels, he could break through. But, but again, look at running back in this conference. It's so deep. <laughs> it's, right. You could argue it's the four best running back pairs, not just running backs, but pairs in the country. So. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, it, it's hard to break through in, in first off a 14 team conference. And then one that has three playoff teams. So it's, it's tough. No, it, it is no question about it. And also, well, I, I can't let you go without talking about quarterbacks. Of course. Uh, Hey, two years ago, there's a quarterback competition here in East Lansing. It was Anthony Russo. It was Peyton Thorne. And I, Brett, if I remember correctly, you, you nailed it in your preview magazine that it, it's looking like it is going to be Thorne. So with that said, I, do you have a crystal ball around that you can look into and see who's going to be the week one starter for Michigan State between Caden Hauser and Noah Kim? Do you have a hunch on that? Yeah, well, no. Thanks for bringing that back up because uh, that, that was one of my better calls that year. And, um, that was I great. Because, uh, <laughs> Russo was coming in from Temple. I'm based out of about an hour outside of Philadelphia where Temple's located. Uh, and all the locals, I remember complaining for the whole season, oh, this Russo is turning the ball over so much. Uh, <laughs> so then when I hear the national guys being like, oh, Michigan State got a good one in Russo, and not to knock the guy, but I remember hearing those rumblings sure. about the turnovers, and I was like, you know what, give me, give me Peyton Thorne. Give me what's behind door number two. Um, so, yeah, that, that hit. But, yeah, quarterback this year, I'm shocked. I mean, you, you see a two-time starter, two-time captain. 
Uh, I know his stats fell a little bit last year, but mm-hmm. uh, to see him leave post-spring was pretty shocking. So, um, yeah, I had heard rumblings that Hauser was pushing him for the starting role, even that Noah Kim was pushing. I mean, you have a dual-threat talent yeah. there, younger, but um, I think both are going to get on the field. I think maybe at the very least get Noah Kim some Wildcat looks or some dual-threat looks. Um, but, I, yeah, I can't predict that one for you. This is going to be a fall yeah. camp battle uh, probably into September as well. You know, this might be settled in the Central Michigan and the Richmond games. Uh, and then have yep. a, a real named starter heading into Washington. That's uh, exactly how I think it's going to map out. I mean, I, I don't see it going any other way, quite frankly. I mean, I think Kim has a slight edge right now, but I, I don't think it's far enough. And also, I mean, let's not kid ourselves. You might want to also keep your former four-star quarterback healthy or not healthy. Yeah, healthy, but also happy in Kate and Hauser. And like, don't just tell him he's lost the job before the season even starts. But again, that's... Yeah. Politics and all that fun with college football here. Uh, switching to the defense, a little better numbers here with your positional rankings. Defensive line number nine. You, you you know talked a little bit about that, how that could rise a little bit. Linebackers number five in the conference, and then secondary number twelve. Which I gotta say, like if there's any complaint to have about that, it's like I'm actually happy we're not thirteenth or fourteenth. So uh, that's, <laughs> thank you for that, uh, because oh boy, it's been some tough sledding here <laughs> in East Lansing. But yeah, what. Is, is, is the defensive line what you're getting the most flack for from Spartan fans, or is there another position group that you're catching a little bit more on? Yeah, probably defensive line, and uh, it's one of those deals where it's so, the conference is so deep at defensive line. So I do a national top 15 unit rankings too, not just the conference, and the Big Ten plays five into the national top 15. Uh, so you got, what do you got, Michigan, okay, Ohio State, Penn State, <laughs> Illinois in the top five, Iowa. So it's, the conference is really deep right away. Um, but from there, yeah, it's kind of thin going from eighth, ninth, 10th, that whole range. Um, I have them well ahead of the, the bottom feeders, but, um, and here's one difference is that, uh, Jacoby Whitman that really swings the vote a little bit because I know he's a okay. edge guy. I think he started the season out at defensive end. He, you know, put up a few sacks and then they rotated into outside backer. So in my book and while I've been evaluating, I have him at backer. So you see that big okay. boost there in the linebackers ranking, bu- uh, pushing up to number five in the conference. So, um, but yeah, outside of that, there's a lot of uncertainties, but blue chip ratings. And if they can convert that, I know they have a really strong defensive staff and especially a defensive line. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do prove me wrong. It's just a little bit uncertain right now. And I think the strength, the, the real core of the defense is at a linebacker tier. For sure. And so, because look, the, the past defense, I mean, it has been long story that it has been struggling. Do you think it's kind of a perfect marriage between like what the front seven was doing last year and the secondary, or was it kind of more towards like, oh yeah, it's, it's actually definitely like the four guys in the secondary here. Well, it's tough because those guys were proven names and they were longtime starters. Right. And uh, so you never expected to be that bad. I think it's a total package deal. I mean, it's past rust factors in the past coverage and vice versa. So it is a little bit more nuanced than just, you know, you see the bad pass number and it's the secondary spot. I think it's everything. Uh, could be a little bit of scheme, too. Maybe they're going to adjust the scheme a little bit. Um, it is it is very strange to see Michigan State rated so poorly in the secondary and yeah. uh, in the past defense stats. When I started this thing, it was during the no-fly zone era uh, back uh, D'Antonio, Narduzzi, uh, and just, I think, number one in the country, number one in almost a decade. So to fall yeah. all the way down to almost dead last is crazy to see. So. Um, I think they're in for a bounce back overall as a defense. Uh, it's just a matter of how big that jump is. And I want to swing around to different big, big 10 teams right now. I, I have a good idea of what to expect from 12 of the teams in the conference. Unfortunately, the other two 
our two teams Michigan State plays this year. I, I cannot get a read on Minnesota. I cannot certainly get any read on Nebraska with the whole, you know, regime change with Matt Rule. What kind of a team, I'll start with Minnesota, like what time, What kind of a team are the Gophers going to be this year? Are they going to be a plus team or do you expect a kind of a drop off for them from last year? Well, last year, uh, my numbers had them 24th nationally in my game grader, good for fifth in the Big Ten. I see a decline okay. there. I don't think they're going to match that. I have them dropping from 24 down to 36 nationally. Uh, I have them fourth in the Big Ten West. With all that said, it's going to look like an, a whole new look Minnesota. Uh, traditionally yeah. you think of Minnesota with the, the huge offensive line and Mo Ibrahim, the power running back. And, you know, he was getting 30 carries a game, grinding down the time possession. This time it flips around. The strengths are now at the receiver spot. Uh, the quarterback has a bigger arm than they had. And they're going to air it out more than they had. Um, it's weird when you look back at their run to pass ratio, they're almost at the service, uh, the service Academy's level for heavy run percentage. Wow. But I think that starts to flip back. They're going to be more balanced and um, you know, they're going to air it out. So, uh, and then on defense, Joe Rossi, he does it every year. I mean, he continues to reload this thing. Um, this time around, though, they do lose some longtime starters. Uh, some of their most proven names are gone. So I see a slight slide back for Minnesota um, from competing in the West down to more of a middle tier. Uh, it's going to be tough to go into Minnesota, though, like I said, late October, right. freezing cold. And I'm right. sure by then they'll have uh, figured out their offensive line and, and be churning away. So, yeah, it's a tough opponent. If we could just move that game to where the Vikings play, just have it climate controlled, I feel a little better. But yeah, it's going to be Big Ten weather, no question. Uh, Nebraska is that just even as someone as you know uh, as much of an expert as you are, is it just like a throw your hands up in the air and be like, I'll let you know by mid October how I feel about this team because I, I cannot get a single read on the Huskers. Yeah, well, I'd say they're one of the mystery teams this whole season, and, and there's a lot of factors yeah. into that that statement. I mean, first off, you look at their recruiting profile the last five ten years. On paper, they should be the best team in the division recruiting-wise. I mean, they're top 25 every year. The problems have been development. You know, the strength and conditioning program was weak under Scott Frost. Um, player development. And then also player retention. I mean, all their best – you see these recruiting stats, they all leave. So right. um, so now, yeah, so fast forward to 2023, it's a whole new staff. You have Matt Rule coming back to the college game. He's getting back to brass tacks and really speaking their language out in Nebraska where it's about power football – some option from quarterback, a dual threat quarterback, um, you know, a commitment to the weight room again and commitment to the walk-on program, all the buzzwords. So, of course, the, the fan base is excited out yeah. there. Uh, the question is, can the offensive line finally get it together? Um, they're, they're blue chip players on paper from the recruiting ranks, but have not gelled at all, have not clicked. So, um, And you look back at Matt Rule's tenures when he's fixed Temple, he fixed Baylor. It always right. took until the third season. It was a bad first year and uh, a 500 second year, and then they won the conference in the third year. So the question will be, in this transfer portal era, does that accelerate the rebuild? You know, Could it be the first year impact or is it going to be second year? So all that to say, they're yeah. a mystery team. I've got them fifth. Got them ranked right near Michigan State nationally, though. Gotcha. Okay. So with all that said, the hard schedule, the offense, the defense, the question marks, yada, yada, yada. Right now, Vegas has the over-under at five-and-a-half wins for Michigan State. What do you think the ceiling is for this Spartan team? Like, let's say everything that you think that could go right does go right. What, what do you think the record can be at the end of the year with the ceiling? Oof. Well, right away, you look yeah. at four top-ten opponents, and um, I, don't, I don't think Michigan <laughs> State's ceiling is, is cracking into that tier. So I'll chalk up four losses right away. 
Um, okay. And then let's just say you, you sweep the rest, and that's that's even a tall task. I mean, that's going into Iowa. It that's taking care of Nebraska, Minnesota, uh, the bottom tier Indiana Rutgers, which they struggled with last year. Uh, Indiana, that is. Uh, and then a toss-up with Maryland. So I, I think the best case is an eight and four. Um, but uh, realistically, I think that five and a half, six would, would be a nice win. And uh, you know what? Maybe you do break through and pull an upset in there. Uh, I'm sure Spartan fans would like to get revenge on Michigan after last year and all that took oh. place there. Um, sure. So, I mean, it's just, yeah. So, And they always play Penn State tough, too, in, in the close, in, yeah. the, in the season finale. Um, I know the Big Ten has tried to push that as a rivalry. And, and you know what? It's, it's always competitive. It's always a great game. So um we'll see but uh yeah i'd say all you know all things considered best ceiling possible nine wins but realistic ceiling seven eight um and then realistic outcome five six i i would i would pay out of pocket for eight and four like a nice trip down to nashville music city bowl you know just like a middle bowl game I, I, that'd be delightful brett believe me yeah because eight, yeah, eight and four off that schedule is either you're knocking off a top 10 oh. team or you're taking care of every other team on the schedule so that that's that'd be yeah. very impressive Hundred, hundred percent. Really quick, I, just because I'm curious, when do you start your preview magazine? Like, when when do you do the the first stroke on the keyboard? Is it right when the the final whistle blows on national championship, or is it? I'm so fascinated with how much work you put into this. Yeah, well, really, uh, it's a good question. It's really a full year project. I mean, it's um, okay. every Saturday in the fall. I have four TVs set up from noon till two a.m. I'm watching everything I can. It's uh, it's pretty insane. You know, I'm, I'm keeping the Pac-12 networks in business here in Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah, I'm the only, guy, right, only guy out here watching it. But <laughs> yeah, so uh, every Saturday in the fall, I'm tuned in. I mean, I'm wired in. I write, write some stuff weekly for uh, various freelance roles across the country. Uh, radio hits every week. And then, yeah, I, I agree with you. Right when the confetti falls on national title stage is really when I can start to run the season-long numbers, start to roll forward the graphics and the stats. Then you transitioned into February, March. It's starting to talk to some coaches. Um, spring ball is happening then. You get to watch as much spring game tape as I can. Uh, anything I can get my hands on. Then you get that post-spring run of calls with head coaches and coordinators. That's a little bit more telling because they've been, they've been through spring. They have a revised roster update. Uh, so that's a great time there. The heavy writing, yeah, March, April, May. I go back and do a rewrite in June and July now, just given all the transfer activity. Yeah. Um, and then it's just the, the final design uh, in June, July, and then we publish mid-July. So, yeah, but like I said, it's a total one-man show, so I'm, I'm doing it all. I'm writing and then editing my own stuff, and so it is a full-year project. And uh, this is the best time of year, though, because it's all published. It's shipped across the country. Now we can uh, do some radio, some podcasts, and that's way more enjoyable. And, and yeah, I can't wait for yeah. the fall to, to kick it all off again. I, I quite literally cannot imagine that because I, I feel stretched out sometimes, and I do this for – one team. I do this for one program, and you're here just doing coast to coast the whole country. So, Brett, really appreciate your time first and foremost. I mean, God, yeah, we're just catching you in this August, ramping up the football season. But also, hey, anyone at picksixpreviews.com, guys, it's 20 bucks. It is the best 20 bucks you will spend. Get yourself ready for kickoff, which is happening, God, in just a less than a handful of weeks here. So, Brett, really do appreciate all your time, your insight, your knowledge. So, really, really cannot thank you enough. I'm in. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. And good luck, Spartans. Um, you know, good luck 2023. It's a tough division, but I think you're in for, uh, for an exciting season and, and best of luck out there. Still looking to get to East Lansing eventually. It's on the short list. So um, hopefully we'll make it out there in a couple of years. We'll see. But until then, yeah. yeah, thanks for having me, man. Anytime. It's a great time. Absolutely. Hey, I'm optimistic, but if it all goes, you know, not, not according to plan, we got basketball season. So uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll get you into the pick six basketball preview here, Brett. But until <laughs> then, hey, gang.
Love every single one of you guys. Go enjoy the rest of your week. Go green.